Hey, welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and today we're talking about how to maximize our energy. We're joined by Jessica Kastner, who takes us through her story of getting free from an eating disorder and then finding balance when it comes to health. She talks about the importance of prayer in the midst of struggles with self-esteem and self-worth and making small, consistent steps towards healthier living. But before we dive into our chat today with Jessica, guess what I got in the mail? The book, the Hello Mornings book. You can check out my Instagram to see what my husband did, and my husband and kids did with all the books. We got six boxes of them. I think there's like 200 books. And they arrived, I think, the day before Thanksgiving. I was totally down with the flu. And all of a sudden, I hear this commotion in the dining room, and they're like, look what came. And so the Hello Mornings book. So it's fun to have it in my hands. And I can't wait until you guys get it in your hands as well, because it's coming out in one week on December the 5th. You can go ahead and pre-order, which are huge for the success of a book. So if you've been thinking about getting it, now is a great time. And you can even get some for friends, for Christmas gifts. We're putting together a really cool book club kit, like everything that you need literally down to the verbiage to write in a text to send to your friends to create a book club around the Hello Mornings book. And it's going to be a great way for you to connect with friends this next year. We also have some fun pre-order gifts. So if you head over to hellomorningsbook.com, you can get all the details. You can get a free chapter if you want to check it out first. But we're super excited about getting this resource into your hands. So thank you so much for following along. All right, let's dive into our chat today with Jessica Kastner. Jessica Kastner, how are you? I'm great. So, so great to be here. Thank you so much for being on the Hello Mornings podcast. I'm super excited to have you. I would love for everybody listening to kind of hear a little bit about you. Kind of give us the the Jessica Kastner 411. <laughs> so in a nutshell, I have three boys. I've been a writer most of my life. Um, for my second two, I was blessed enough to stay home with them for about five years till they went to school. Now I'm back to work for a couple years. Um and I just came out with my first book. So it's been a great adventure. But the first book focuses a lot on those early years and what it was like, like the nitty gritty experiences of raising kids, um, which has been awesome. So now there's eight, nine and 16. And I spend most of my time on the trampoline or driving my 16 year old back and forth. And that's my life. I just bring my laptop with me. <laughs> yes, I, I call myself. I'm not a stay at home mom. I'm a stay in car mom. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Have you, I've typed chapters and chapters uh, on my laptop. I just, what, what was the world like before them? Yes. I, I don't, I, I bring my little iPad and a notebook and yes, I don't know, you know, I get some stuff done, but then I'm like, it's fascinating watching kids in the parking lot or of wherever, you know, what, people watching. I get so distracted. I'm not awesome at that. I know. Um, but yeah, I think we have kids about the same, about the same ages. How old are your boys? Eight, nine, 16. Okay, yeah, mine are 10, 13, 15. So, you know, okay. it's the same, mm-hmm. same general area. Same circus. Uh, yeah, yep. right, right, right. Um, okay, so we're going to talk today a little bit about just the, the move aspect of Hello Mornings. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, maybe I want to click this off right now because whenever I think about health or fitness or whatever, I either feel guilty or I feel like it's just this too big of a thing for me to take on. And and we all have our different journeys when it comes to health and fitness. And I would love for you to kind of take us a little bit into, into yours. 
Sure. So this is a huge part of my life and something that means so much to my heart because I think uh, the word freedom always comes in mind to mind when I think and talk about health and fitness. Um, I feel like I've come to a place with God's help finally where I am healthy, I'm fit, but I do it in the right spirit with God's help. And I just have a freedom in it that I talk a lot about because I feel like there's so much pressure now, especially with women to look a certain way, to um, stay thin, stay young and all of that, you know, the media feeds us. And I just have a heart because I feel like even subconsciously, I think that really affects us more than we think. So mm-hmm. my journey in a very short nutshell, um, went through a bad stage in my teenage and college years um, with eating, food obsession, went to pretty severe bulimia. I believe the Lord totally saved my life. I actually became pregnant in college before I was a Christian. That led me to getting saved later at 23. But through that, having a baby, um, I was kind of healed through from my bulimia. I gave my life to the Lord when my first was about one. And even after that, though, I talk a lot about I still struggled with food. I still tried to control my eating. I thought too much about it. I just had a battle with food. And it's, it's, I call it your own little mental prison. So it took me years to really just look at food, look at why I was feeling this way. I feel like it's, it's, it's not about the food. I always talk to people. It's about control. So I feel like the more I trusted God, the more I got to know him, the more peace I had. It it was a journey for me. And, and it's about, it's probably been 10 years where I really have, I have had solid freedom. Um, and I, and I am very much into fitness and I do, I, you know, I live on a perpetual diet. All my friends make fun of me pretty much just, I eat kale for fun, but it's from a good place. (laughs) Right. And I could go on and on forever about food. But as I said, if I retire, if I stopped writing, I think I would love to just work as a nutritionist or an eating disorders clinic because it's, yeah, it's a big thing. So can we kind of go into maybe the very beginnings? So there might, might be people listening, maybe some high school kids or college kids. That makes me sound so old. Did I, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I called know. you kids. I called you guys kids. So if you are <laughs> under the age of 42, which I am, I repent of calling you a kid. You are an adult and just own it. And let's, okay. So for those mature people who might be, you know, in that stage that you were, what do you think led to the onset of bulimia for you? Mm. So I don't think it's about food. I feel like when you're to that extreme where you're binging, even if you're not purging, if you're just even just binging, um, for me, it was control. I lost my dad when I was 12 and then my home life just really, really changed a lot. Um, and I feel like that's where it all began, probably about 14. Um, it was something that I can control and it was it, it's something that made me feel good. So when I was stressed and you're not aware of it then, I mean, you're only a teenager, but looking back and I did have to go to a clinic and get help. So, you know, people talk to you and explain things. So it's about just filling up a void with food. And I think so many people in our Westernized society do it without even thinking. I mean, if you just go by any billboard or any TV commercial set, I mean, it's so much about food and the obesity and the diabetes. But it's because we have that God-sized void in our heart that food is a huge part of, that's what people are using to fill ourselves up with, to gain contentment at night when you're watching a show, if having a bad day at work, food, right? I mean, you see it everywhere. So we're all guilty of doing that once, especially once a month. I mean, forget it, dark chocolate. I am, it's like a rabid beast. But just in general, I think that's the main reason food disorders um, are there because you're just trying to fill up a gap, uh, trying to find peace in a substance, not God. Mm-hmm. So then you had your baby and and you kind of came out of that. What was it 
becoming a mother that did that? Was it becoming a believer that did that? Or what, what mm-hmm. brought you out of it? What, what caused you to get help? I think it was such a mix. I think that was the first time I remember becoming pregnant and just, wow, your body just became something different for you before. It was just a tool to look good to, you know, basically, um, get attention from men, which is a whole nother subject, but I feel like we're just so brutal. It's just so unforgiving to our bodies. We just, I dieted and exercise not for health reasons for the exact opposite, just to look a certain way. So when I became pregnant, it was just, I just felt more connected to my body. I felt just that pressure came off because now you're pregnant. So now you're not supposed to be wearing six inch heels and going out in skinny jeans. And honestly, I remember it was such a relief. I remember it was like a weight, like this huge thing that I did not have to wake up and think about anymore. Not that you have to let yourself go crazy and wear huge moves when you're pregnant, but do you know what I mean? It was the first time since 14 that I did not have that burden of worrying about that every day. And it was amazing. So I think it came from that. And then as soon as the baby was born, you just... You have such a connection and love that you didn't before. So it took away the need to overeat and, you know, and binge and, and then through the Lord, I feel like then I got saved a year later and it was just that peace that no one knows until you do accept Christ. Um, and I remember, so it didn't end it. I probably still maybe like 10 times through the course of two years. And every time I did it purging, I mean, I remember just like crying and feeling so guilty. How can I be a Christian? How can I struggle with this? But I'm glad because I feel like now I talk to young girls at facilities for um, juvenile detention centers. And so many of them go through through eating disorders. And I just say, don't feel it doesn't have to go away right away. It's something you struggle with just like anything else, but God will heal you. Just, I, I also feel uh, have a heart for people that it doesn't happen overnight all the time. But I just remember every single time it got less and less and less. And the more I got to know God, the more peace and contentment I had, it just, the, the desire does, it does go away. Everyone will get free of it. So let's say there's somebody listening and they're like, yeah, that's something that I struggle with. What is a step one that they can take? I say pray before you're going to overeat. So I always say, just like people that are struggling with these kids I talk to, they don't want to quit marijuana. Well, I'm not going to become a Christian because I love my smoking pot. I said, well, don't stop smoking pot, but pray before you do or pray while you do. God is not legalistic like that. So I feel like there's nothing stronger than the love of God. So I don't care how addicted you are to food, how much you're, you know, you're in that in the middle of the thick of the disease, substance abuse, God's love is more powerful than any, any Anything, right. So I feel like I always say pray first. So if you're struggling, you have that temptation, you feel bad patterns, bad thought patterns creeping back in that leads you to those actions. It's all about just getting still. Be, Psalm 46 is my one of my big life first. Just be still and know that I'm God, because if we're still before we do those harmful things or just be aware of your thought patterns, why am I thinking like, why am I feeling like this? It's usually to mask something else internally that's going on a stress. So why do I want to eat? Why am I feeling this way? And just give it to God. And you'll usually probably go cry in your room for a little while or have to step out of work or go sit in your car. But for me, that's the most powerful way to combat it. I love that. What I mean, that's a great first step because it's not like, okay, first I need you to go do this super complicated, hard thing, or this thing that requires a ton of willpower. You're just, it's essentially like, a child saying, mom, yes. I'm scared and coming in their fear to their mother and saying, will you hold my hand? I'm afraid to go, you know, into the back bedroom or, or whatever, you know, whatever it is, or the, you know, the, the room that the laundry room or the garage or whatever. Um, and essentially that's what we're doing. We're saying, God, I'm, this is hard for me and I'm not going to wait until I'm perfect to come yes. to you. But in my struggle, I want you to hold my hand and help me through Thanks. this. 
Exactly. And I learned to do that way later in life. I feel like that was something I didn't really do right away as a new Christian. I just felt like you're supposed to be strong and think of your verses. And, but I just feel like half the time I just learned to just close my eyes and just picture like putting my head on Jesus's shoulder and literally like crying on him, like a little girl. And I'll remember one of the last times I remember sitting in the bathroom in front of a toilet and I was, you know, going to do the throw up thing. And I just remember crying and just like, I, I, I didn't feel God's physical shoulder, but it was as close to that. And, and I didn't do it. And I, you know, that was the last time. And again, that was like 15 years ago, but I just feel like if we just stopped and did that more and just didn't feel guilty, I think sometimes we have to, we almost feel guilty for feeling that way. Like I'm such a strong Christian. I just came home from Bible study. I'm leading, ministering to other women. Why do I, it's almost like God, Satan just doesn't want us to do that. He does not want us to just cry out to God. He wants us to flip on Netflix or pick up the phone and talk to a girlfriend or whatever, go running to music. But it's not the same as just like just crying out to God, like literally just feeling our emotions. I feel like women, we're so emotional and we are just, we don't feel them enough, you know? So we'll go to other things. So good. And, and, when we, you know, there's a segment of people that that is a struggle for them. And then there's just another segment of people that it's not a struggle for them, but the area of health and fitness and exercise and dieting and all the stuff that comes with that is a struggle. But your answer for both would be the same. Start with prayer. Definitely. So I think another extreme is exercise. And I've battled with that too. So I'm just a walking one girl party, but <laughs> so I feel that. I used to be so regimented. I used to, if I, I mean, I got actually caught up doing sit-ups in the pediatrician's office with one of my babies because I didn't, I couldn't get my sit-up workout. And that was actually, that was with Jack. That was my first because that was early on in my years, but because I just had to get my, how could I not get my sit-ups and I could go on and on about the craziest things I have done to get my workout in, but that's stemming from fear. I mean, what is going to happen in the next 12 hours in your abdomen, but it didn't matter. It was, and that's about control too. So I think exercise size, it could be tricky. I just feel like you have to be really aware of your thoughts and where it's stemming from. And sometimes I'll just check myself like, okay, it's like 30, it's not even 30 degrees. I live in Connecticut. Am I really going to go jogging down an icy road? Like, <laughs> So I just feel like, no, I just feel like you have to check yourself and just where is that stemming from? Because I think that could be, um, uh, yeah, I think it could just stem from fear and control too. I just think it really has to be a balance. And God loves all of that. I feel like God, I feel so close to God when I'm running. Like I have some of the best prayers and ideas when I'm running. I think it's like a worshipful thing. There's a lot different. It's different though if I go running, if I'm just going to squeeze it in between the, the bus gets there at 315. So I'm doing 60 down the <laughs> down the freeway to get to my running spot. Like I think God's just like, maybe not, maybe not run today. And I, I've just learned to listen to that voice and just be in tune with myself more. So when you feel like you got to a healthy place, what does that look like? What does that mean? It means for me, it's not, um, it's the spirit that I do things in. So I can have pizza at a barbecue last weekend and not feel guilty about it. Like literally just look forward to it. Or I think even a few years ago, I wasn't quite at that place where because my looks and your weight and how tight your jeans are the next morning does not affect you the way, the way it was before when it's out of balance. So I, I feel that the healthy place is just not being so dependent on it, not 
not viewing your weight and the way you look and the way your clothes fit as part of your self-worths where I think it's good to feel healthy and I feel like God wants us to have energy and yeah, we should. If you if you feel best at a certain weight, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think I think some people judge like, why don't you just eat? <laughs> eat more. Like, well, I'm happy and I'm healthy, so why don't you? <laughs> like, so I feel like, yeah, I think that's the main element is just having freedom. So if you can't exercise or if you do eat what you eat, you still have freedom. You don't have guilt. There's no worry. You know, God, that's not God. That's not Jesus. I don't think he lived his life that way, but I bet he was healthy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't imagine there were a lot of Doritos. I know. (laughs) And he walked a lot. (laughs) Right, right, right. So let's, let's talk about the woman listening who's like, you know, that, that sounds like a great problem to have, you know, not, not seriously, but you know, we often look at people in the opposite situation and say, I wish I had that problem because I'm, you know, I'm struggling putting down the Doritos. I'm struggling to, you know, get up and and get any exercise, much less going for a a run. I haven't gone for a run in, you know, 40 years or whatever Mm -hmm. the situation might be. What encouragement would you give to the woman who just feels like it's too much? Mm. I say, cause I've been there too. I feel like, oh, and it's just such a hopeless, hard feeling. Cause I feel like it's so overwhelming. And when you get to a certain point when you're like, okay, I'm 40 pounds overweight, or I haven't exercised in forever. Or maybe I just had a baby and it's been six months. I haven't done a thing. It's that's when it's the hardest. And you usually don't see any weight loss or much change after two weeks. So I feel like you have to get, so I just say, do one thing at a time, one thing at a time. I do this with everything. I'm, I'm very unorganized. I have a hard time opening my bills. <laughs> I feel like things can get overwhelmed for me. So I say, all right, for a half hour, I'm going to do something that resembles an adult. (laughs) Even if it's one envelope and going online and checking this, you know, when's my water, is my water going to get shut off? (laughs) So I feel like the same thing with exercise or dieting, whatever your goals are. So go walk for 10 minutes or just cut out morning snacking or buy sugar-free coffee meat instead of the sugar. Just do something, make out a, and I am a big fan of lists. I feel like who knows what my life would look like without my, my, my to-do list. So I feel like just make that a part of your plan. And again, just pray like, God, give me the desire, like give me a way, help it. It all starts with prayer. I feel like, but after that, of course, yep. Little by little, cause it can be so overwhelming and you don't see results right away, whether it's food or exercise. So I feel like, yeah, just you'll get there if you Mm -hmm. stick to your, a small plan. Yeah. I feel like in my experience, it does, if it's not fun, if it's not enjoyable, maybe consider not doing it. Find something else. Like, I, I think there's mm. so many things we can do. So I used to love to run and I still like to run on occasion. It's just not, I don't know, it's not where I am right now, but I love mm. playing tennis. I love just whacking the ball for all it's worth and just smashing. Like that's just so much mm-hmm. fun for me. And then just running around. And so my daughter and I play tennis every day and I am really enjoying that and I haven't been running. Uh, and, and there's been other seasons where I'm like, I just need to get out of the house. I want to go for a run. And then at the same time, like last night we were really busy. So I was just going to pick something up for dinner. And I don't usually do that. I'm kind of like the, the, the Grinch in the family about what we eat. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I texted at my, my family at home. I'm like, what should I pick up for dinner? And somebody was like fried chicken. I was like, Basically, when mom says that I'm picking something up for dinner, lower your expectations. Let's pick. It's it's not going to be fun. And so but as we're driving down the street, I'm thinking, what can I get? What can I get? And then we pass by Chipotle and we all like Chipotle and it's relatively healthy. And it just helped me realize that, you know, I can get takeout and it can be not terrible. It doesn't have to be fries and a soda and a whatever. Um, And and, and I found that in so many different 
areas of health and fitness. You can find that middle ground. You can find that thing that you actually like. Like I used to love chocolate bars, you know, like, um, I don't know, Reese's peanut butter cups or a Snickers bar. Now I truly like kind bars just as much. Yes. Mm, I love kind bars. They're, you know, it's not like they're, it's, it's not a piece of broccoli. But it's not bad. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, it's not it's not a Snickers bar. And so yeah. just making the finding those things that are actually enjoyable for you. And that totally. can be a first step. And it's something and it's better than what you did before. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good point. I think we view it in such a black and white thing. Like, well, I'm at a picnic. So might as well. But it's like, no, you can have you take off the bun and just have the burger. Like, I think mm-hmm. there you can eat healthy and be healthy. And that's the same thing with fitness and exercise. I feel like I used to like, well, I can't make it to the gym. And I used to like poo poo home workouts like, oh, you're sitting there doing lunges. But really, I feel like you could fit a workout. You could be creative. It doesn't have to be like, well, if it's not a, a total run. So I feel exactly in, 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 in dieting too. you can pretty much find a way to eat healthy or pack, uh, you know, healthy things if you're going to be somewhere and it doesn't have to be. Yeah. It's never like black and white. I'm such an all or nothing person. And I feel like I've learned to just like, nope, you can make it work. You just have to be creative. It's not all going to be perfect all the time, but you can make good decisions. So I think that's such a good point. I think sometimes like you were talking about making lists and sometimes I have lists of healthy things that I like to eat. So, you know, I might like guacamole and chips, but I actually like celery and guacamole just as much. And it gives me the crunch and it's really good and I don't feel bad about it. And, but I forget sometimes because it's not like you hear, oh, let's go have celery and guacamole, you know? (laughs) I know, I know. So having those lists of things that we enjoy doing that um, whether it's things that we eat or, you know, a tasty drink like a sparkling water instead of a soda or just whatever it is, those substitutions that we can make and keeping a list, I think can be helpful. Me too. Um, I recently discovered, or I guess rediscovered my crock pot that I haven't touched since Mm -hmm. probably a wedding present, but I was getting so tired. If I eat grilled chicken and squash and Brussels sprouts one more time, I eat the same thing every single night because I cannot stand to cook. So of course I cook my children dinner, but you would never, I I live on like prison food. It's so bad, (laughs) but I was lately like, no, I'm going to make something different. And it made it so much more enjoyable. And I feel like then you just feel more happy and fulfilled with what you're eating and doing and less inclined to like, well, I'm going to have the good chips later. Cause I just had that horrible squash. So I just feel like that is a good point. Yeah. To enjoy it more. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about healthy meals then. So let's say a a woman listening is, yeah, I want to eat healthy, but my roommates don't eat healthy or, you know, my, my parents don't eat healthy or if she has kids, they don't eat healthy. Um, How can, how can we work with living with people who might not be on the same journey that we are? I know. I do think that's hard too. If you, even if you have a boyfriend and you go out to eat and you don't want to be a big killjoy, but you don't really want to have like the whopping bowl of fettuccine. So I think that's a challenge. I've learned to just kind of do separate meals a lot. And again, like it's not, there's always a balance. I'm going to eat lasagna with my kids if I really feel like it, but just as a general day-to-day thing, I do, I have this little list of recipes, usually now in a crock pot and I'll just make a big batch and I'll eat separately from them. So we could still eat together and they see that mom's, you know, mom's not sitting there not eating, but I think that helps. And then if, whether you have friends or roommates that eat differently, I just feel like you really can swap out and change out a lot of recipes. So if you're having fajitas, like I just love, I love these low carb wheat little fajita wraps. Um, so I'll just, you could still have them, but just not have the cheese. Like, I think it's a lot of, you have to be informed about good food choices too. Cause I feel like 
so I focus on low carb, low sugar, high protein, and really you can find meat anywhere. So I feel like right. you don't have to be that person at a party, like bringing their own rice chips. Like, or their celery there and guacamole. You know? Yeah. It's funny you said that because I have a guacamole addiction. There is not a night that goes by unless I go out that I don't eat half avocado, avocado with my baked Tostito chips at like 10 o'clock. It's so <laughs> funny. I don't know what it was with avocados. Um, so yeah, I do think that's a challenge though, especially when you have a family, but if you're out with friends, yeah, you want to still live and participate, but yeah. So how do you cook two meals or do you cook all at once? (sighs) How do you do that? Oh man. Well, this is going to be shameful. I just, (laughs) I, um, I'm a terrible cook and my kids are the pickiest, pickiest eaters. So I actually make three different meals. My son's in track, so he needs hefty meals. So I'll make like a shepherd's pie, chicken pot pie, lasagna, and he'll have to eat leftovers. And then I'll do So I'll make like two meals for him during the week. My little two, I'm just going to say it. They eat dino nuggets. I make a smoothie <laughs> with kale and some wheat bread with butter. Like they don't even really eat like normal people. I hope I'm not creating some, some future therapy bills for them, but they just won't eat. I mean, we're talking no spaghetti you know, peanut butter and jelly, things that normal people, packing lunches, it's, they look like Mediterranean kids. There's like a little bag of nuts with a little block of cheese. Like they don't even like sandwiches. So don't get me started. It's the most stressful thing in my life is food and meals. Cause they're so picky, but, and then I'll do my own thing. So I have my crock pot. So we literally have three different things at a table every single night. But again, I do think it took me a while to not feel guilty and to just to think that's okay though, because what is in a smoothie, a kale fruit smoothie compared right. to whatever else I try to shove down there, you know, spaghetti and meatballs, like, Oh, here's your white flower with some, so I feel like I know that doesn't look Martha Stewart. I know that's not, I'm not going to Instagram that, but I feel like that's actually okay. And I just met, that's not my strength. And I play with my kids. We have dance parties every night and, and that's how I'm a good mom. But I feel like, yeah, just kind of let that go. It's just like what we were talking about earlier. It's the, you know, finding that middle ground, that thing yes. that works. Yep. Yeah. Got to find it. Yep. <laughs> so what do you usually cook in the crock pot for you? What are some healthy meals that you, you enjoy? Oh, so, you know, a really good one is that I've just discovered I've been eating it for three months straight, literally five times a week is grilled. Just put in some frozen chicken, a bag of frozen spinach, um, reduced sodium, black beans, and some chicken bouillon and like a half a cup of salsa. Just, just throw that all in a crock pot and let it simmer on low. And it just, it's like this yummy Southwestern yummy Spanish flavored because it tastes a lot more like stew. I mm-hmm. feel like I, I like warm comforty kind of foods and it's, um, so that's why I got tired of just like the grilled chicken or salmon with a side of vegetables. So that's really yummy. And you can like, um, kind of vary that up a little, do like a fajita version. Um, I've done one with just like broccoli and chicken broth and chicken and, um, just a bunch of lentils and you could put some brown rice on the bottom too. So I feel like, um, if you go to light recipes, comma, crock pot, actually on Google, I think that's how I found that one. There's a lot of other good ones. So I think I've made that one before. And I think my mistake is that you make it separately. Like I could eat the same thing a lot, but my family likes more variety, but it never Mm -hmm. occurred to me necessarily to just sit down with separate meals for my family. And so they're totally sick of that dish, the the chicken and salsa thing. So I I think that needs to be my own special thing, but I love your idea because now I'm like, oh, these recipes that I like that are really easy. I just need to make a big batch and put them into little containers in the freezer. And that way I can eat them whenever I want and then make something else. You know, eat whatever's for dinner, the rest of the family can have, but I can have my tasty, healthy little thing as well. Yep. Yep. Totally. So good. (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's talk about some other tips that we can, you know, to help us eat a little bit 
a little bit better, a little bit healthier, um, things that we can maybe swap out or, or different things that different tips that you've encountered along the way to help you make better choices? Yeah, I think that as a general rule, when I think about what I eat, um, I think that I was unaware of how much sugar I was taking in just in the little things. Like I, I, I do have a coffee problem. So the Lord's working on me with that, but step-by-step, step, right. Could have been way, was way worse 20 years ago. So, um, I was, it, so much creamer and I was shamefully still eating Splenda. And I, I recently was so convicted. I'm like, okay. And I do try to buy organic, um, mostly for my children. Um, but for me, it's funny. It's like, I just got to convict me. It's like, well, you should care about your body too. I mean, hopefully you have some, like maybe 40 good years left. You're just eating, Splenda and not really caring about organic for me, basically to save money. Cause it's really hard. It's really hard purchasing, I don't know, plus the plant-based cleaning goods. And that's a whole nother story, but hey, hey, can I so pop I think, in real quick and ask sure. you, so I don't actually know very much about Splenda. Tell me what's, what so Splenda is a sweetener, but and it's, it's a, bad. Yeah, it's the same thing as sweet and low artificial sweeteners that, I mean, we, I always knew they had cancer causing agents. I mean, I think it's a proven fact, but it's so strange. This is terrible. This is what I'm talking about where it didn't bother me as much because I sure wasn't going to have caloric sugar and gain weight. So that is an example of God saying, you know what, Jess, it's great that you don't want to gain weight, but how about you should care that you're going to live and not get cancer because of the amount of splend I was having. I mean, I'm talking three cups of coffee a day, especially the days I go to work. So I felt, and this is so sad. So a, a year ago, my friend sent me a bunch of links and it was about how Splenda and artificial sweeteners actually ages you because it, affects anything that affects you at a cellular level of ages, your skin and all this. And that's what did it for me. And then I was like, well, I'm never gonna, <laughs> it's so sad. Oh, but so now I learned to, it's called whole earths or stevia. You can buy sugar substitutes that are just as good. It's like, I think we just get so we're so busy in life and we're so we're pulled in so many different directions, especially as women that if we just stop and take the time to think about these things, but we don't, we just go on autopilot. I've been eating Splenda since I was 18. So, and I think the media, there's so much, there's just this overkill with the amount of information our brains are inundated with. But right. sometimes I just have this light bulb, like, yes, I cannot eat this. It's a scientific fact. <laughs> what am I doing? So anyways, that's a little tangent, but in general, cut out sugar. So coffee mate and my coffee, I just started buying the sugar-free coffee mate. Um, and, but pick and choose. I feel like I love bananas. So I'll still have banana and peanut butter. So I've learned that grazing works for me. One of my greatest tips, whenever I talk about, to friends struggling with weight loss, I don't think, I think our meals, I mean, everybody knows that our stomach is the size of our closed fists. So look at the meals that we're eating in the portions. Okay, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Oh, it's so gross when you think about it though. I almost wish I didn't know that. Cause whenever I really just want to eat a big bowl of whatever, I'm like, ah, oh, gee. Well, <laughs> like I, I, ate ch- I ate Chipotle last night. So those yeah. burritos are like the size of, you know, seven closed fists. So <laughs> exactly. Um, but even with that, so I love Chipotle. I love those brown rice bowls and rice veggie bowls. Um, but I'll save. So that'll last me like three meals. And I feel like, but because we're so rushed. So I've learned, I tell my friends or whoever I'm talking with about this kind of thing, just slow down. Like just think, just be in tune with your body. I think being in tune with your body is something I've also learned. Like I feel full. So now I, I can't stand actually the, the feeling of feeling full. Cause I've, I just graze all day. So I'll literally have 
egg whites, um, then a little half cup of blueberries every day for breakfast. And then I'll, but I want my like low sugar oatmeal two hours later. And then, so I feel like it's a treat and I feel like you're always looking forward to the next thing. You're never hungry. You always feel good. And I feel like that's really, it's really worked for me. I feel like I've done, probably done that for 10 years. That's when things really started to change for me because I was never hungry when you're hungry, you overeat. Right. right. Um, and I enjoy foods. So I'm not one of those people, those dieters that like, ah, food, I come and go. I wish I could just take a tablet. Like I really <laughs> love food. <laughs> so I feel that finding things that also taste good. And I think we've talked about this a little before. I used to think, oh, I have to have salad and you have to eat raw vegetables. That's what you're supposed to eat. That's all the fitness ladies on the cover of shape. That's what they eat. But I don't like cold food and I don't like raw vegetables. So I feel like I've, I just always tell people, find what you really like and then find the best way to like alter that or substitute things. So you can eat the closest thing to what you're craving. So that's another good way um, that I've learned really helps me stay and eat healthy. You never want to feel deprived. You want to look forward to food. You don't want to make it, you know, a a sad thing. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. That's so good. I think, you know, preparation is probably a huge element of that. So like actually today we went to the store and bought these little, it's like these little cans of chicken salad. I know that sounds totally healthy. The ingredients are actually pretty good though, but it's just this little snack thing that was like 99 cents. And we bought a yeah. bunch of them because we have, we can keep them in the pantry or take them when we're out and about or whatever. And we have this ready-made thing that's going to fill us up. It's got tons of protein. It doesn't have a ton of junk in it. And having that handy or, or having mm. kind bars or something in my purse handy, you know, that way we're not like, you know, my kids aren't like, oh, I'm, I'm hungry. Can we go get I don't yes. know, a shake. I'm like, oh, look, I have a kind bar. I'm not hungry for that. Then I think you're probably not actually hungry. I know. <laughs> you know? I know. So just <laughs> That's the, a good point. the preparation <laughs> is huge. And and here's, here's a fun fact I learned a while back. Um, so I, once my family goes to bed, and I realize not everybody listening, you know, is married or has kids or whatever, but maybe you just like staying up late. And sometimes I like staying up late. And yeah, I feel, I feel like once everybody goes to bed, suddenly it's like this special time. Suddenly, I know. Oh, it's like time. magical <laughs> world. Oh, I'm going to turn on my little horsey show. There's like this Canadian horse show that I love to watch. So I'm going to turn on my horsey show. That's what my kids call it. And I'm going to get my sparkling water and I'm going to get my whatever. But if we don't have the healthy options, like my guacamole and celery in the house, then I, you know, if we don't have anything healthy, I'm going for the baking chocolate chips. I'm going for, you know, whatever it is. And I always find that at night I lean towards eating the unhealthy things. So here's why mm -hmm. I learned is that just kind of naturally our bodies, as they get tired, they want um, some, you know, whatever's going to give us energy the fa the fastest. So like if, you, because if you were out on the prairie and you're getting sleepy and it's late at night and you're supposed to be staying awake, watching out for coyotes, then your body's like, okay, what, what's going to give me the energy the fastest? How can I stay up? Are you watching out for bears? Is actually the example that I heard. Then you're going to want some bread or whatever is going to be, you know, like bread, sugar, things like that. They're going to give you that quick jolt of, of energy oh, that because your body is like, I need a quick jolt of energy so I don't get eaten by bears. <laughs> and so anyway, I found that to be, and, and the example that I read was, you know, a little bit more scientific and detailed than that, but that's yeah. the basic gist of it. So now uh, this isn't necessarily the ideal end of that story, but now <laughs> if I'm, you know, it's late and I go for the, the chocolate chips, whatever, I'm like, there might be bears. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> 
Yeah. I need, I need to trick yourself. I think I heard something. I better stay awake. I better stay awake. (laughs) But at the same time, it's also helped me at other times to be like, you know, I'm not actually hungry. I'm actually tired. And that's why I want this food. And so Mm -hmm. maybe I should go to bed. So every now and then that information helps you make a wise choice. Um, But like you were talking about just being in tune with your body and thinking through, you know, the different reasons we want these different things at different times can also be helpful to help us make good choices. Yes. And I will say one more thing. I'm glad you admitted about the, the, sometimes you just go for gold, right? You go for the glory. (laughs) She wins, the inner girl wins out and that's okay. And I feel like that is something that really helped me. I used to get so down and just like, oh, if I just like pigged out the night before, whatever it is, it it takes like 12 hours. You will be the same. I mean, what's the worst? I feel like, because that can trigger like, oh, forget it. Especially those people that are trying in the early stages of trying to do good and just feel like such a failure to keep. So I just feel like, nope, his mercies are new every day, every new day. Like I just feel like that just verse that helps me because it applies to everything. Like, nope, every day is a new fresh start. So even if you make those decisions and and not to feel even guilty when you do, if you are like us, you've been eating healthy for a while and you're a good pattern, like that's okay. I've actually heard and read a couple articles that your body gets so used to processing the same things, the same things, just like exercising the same routine every single day for years isn't good because then your muscles just get used to it. Then they, um, just don't continue to improve or your, your metabolism, um, kind of just, it doesn't, you're supposed to mix it up a little with exercise and it is the same for eating. So whenever I have, we have Friday night pizza nights every single night in my house, probably for 15 years. And I don't feel guilty because I just think, ah, it just keeps your body on its toes. And now your body, <laughs> it's not used to this. Like, and I don't feel, you know, we should mm-hmm. still have that ice cream once in a while, right? Like every, it's totally good. I think we should. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, my, my personal rule is I try not to buy junk and have it in my house, but mm. when I go out and we're at, you know, an event at somebody's house or when we serve at church on Sunday, I always get a donut, <laughs> you know, so I, I don't have totally. food in my house. But when I'm my rule is that when I'm out and about, I can do whatever. Sometimes maybe I need to rein that rule in a little bit, like when we're traveling. <laughs> but in general, yeah. it keeps me somewhat measured. Um, right. Yep. So so let's bring this all back to where we started. Let's bring this back to prayer. Um, so for the woman who is feeling like, okay, I, I want to, I want to get started and I, I should start with prayer. What am I mm. supposed to pray? What, what am I, what am I, what am I bringing before God? What am, where do I do? What do I start? Mm. I always say, Lord, just help me. Just give me the desire. I just said, help me to want, cause I, I feel sometimes, um, and help us. And I would pray for the right motives. I, I always tell there's, there are chapters in my book talking about, um, just, just getting right with God in those areas where for struggling with self-esteem, self-worth, I, I would start even before you get into like the dieting, help me with my daily routine, help me to see myself through your eyes, help my, my mood, help the way I interact with others, not stem from looks or the outward, help me have freedom from that. And because I feel like until you have healing or until you're whole or until you see yourself through God's eyes, the way he wants us to, that's just not that he won't help us and he doesn't want to have good life patterns and eating choices and exercise regime. But I just feel like that's a little bit of a bandaid. And I feel like I just almost see this woman like on a constant like rat wheel, just struggling, 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 but it's like, Oh, but we're not like whole. So I just, I first wanted to say that, but then if we do feel like we're in the right place with God and um, we just want to be healthy, I just, yeah, give us the strength, like help me to be more aware. I just pray more Holy spirit. I just pray that we to be more aware of our thoughts, um, 
because that's where our choices are. It all stems from our thought life, right? Like my favorite book in the world is Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Myers. It changed my life. And I feel like if we're thinking the right things and God is part of all of our thoughts, we're going to make the right decisions. That doesn't mean we're not going to overeat the bag of chips because we are human, but really think it makes a difference. So yeah, just pray for the Holy Spirit to give you strength because he cares. He cares about how we feel. He cares about, he wants us to feel like we look good. Like he's so involved in the minutia, which is just what I love about God. He's, he cares about, he doesn't want us to be sad that we're overeating. It's just, he's awesome like that. So I feel like just involve him more. It doesn't have to be the separate category of life. That's just like this earthly, worldly, shallow thing that we're just struggling through. Like he wants us to enjoy it with us and celebrate, right? When we mm-hmm. feel good. And I just love that about him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wonder if we could also think about it. We're like Olympic athletes. You never know what he's going to call us to, what the next thing in life is for us. And we want to be mm, ready yep. for it. You know, whether that's um, a more demanding job, whether that is, uh, you know, family obligations and having the energy to chase after kids, uh, whether that's some sort of ministry in some shape or form, you know, the choices that we make with our health and with exercise and with eating impact our ability to do what he's called us to do. And, oh, that's um, so true. Mm-hmm. So, you yep. know, sometimes it's helpful just to think about it like that, because when we start thinking about the the number on the scale or, or whatever, that can just feel like that's never going to change. But my mm. energy level can change. If I just go to bed early tonight and I eat a good breakfast tomorrow, then I could feel pretty good tomorrow just with those two things instead so of, true. you know, waiting six months to lose whatever Mm. pounds. Um, okay. So your book is geared towards moms, but obviously there's so much richness in it that I think anybody could probably glean stuff from it. Can you tell us a little bit about your book, where to find it and where to find you online? Sure. So it's called hiding from my kids in the prayer closet, finding grace and laughter when motherhood gets real. I so love it's for the kind. title. <laughs> For the kind of mom who maybe didn't always dream about having a million kids, but we love our kids nonetheless, but it's just, I really wanted to put something out there in the Christian genre, honestly, that just was kind of more honest and it's not all roses and butterflies and we can have Jesus every single step of the way, but still not feel complete fulfillment playing Play-Doh for the third hour in the winter (laughs) with the kids. So it's just like, it's really just meant to give laughter and let other moms that maybe don't have Christian friends or a mom like you to just not feel alone. So that's the whole book and you can get it anywhere. Amazon's probably the easiest way. And I have a blog, jessicacastner.com that posts my articles and find out more about me. So can you spell your last name for the listeners? Sure. It's K-A-S-T-N-E-R. And that's .com. All right. Jessica, thank you so much for being with us today. So much, Kat. Have a great day, everybody. It's been great. All right, y'all. I love Jessica's story and her practical ideas, and I hope you're going to put at least one of those into action this week so that you can maximize your energy. Now, don't forget to check out Jessica online, and if you want to pre-order the Hello Mornings book, you can do that now and get our pre-order bonuses and all that stuff. Just go to hellomorningsbook.com. Thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will see you next week where we're doing an interview with Jess Conley. This time for you I bow before the throne Of a noble king And in this place My heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet new mercy 
This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com.